All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to episode nine of Frankly Speaking. I'm Daily Faceoff Hockey Insider Frank Saravalli, and this is our weekly one-on-one interview series with some of the biggest names in the hockey world. Today, we're going to be joined by Philadelphia Flyers interim general manager Danny Briere. But before we get there, I need to let you know that Frankly Speaking is presented by our friends at ProLine Plus. Not just another sports book; it's the only sports book that gives 100% of its profits. Back to Ontario. ProLine has been your local trusted sports book for over 30 years, now offering Ontario sports fans more ways to play online, in store, or take the game on the go with the ProLine app with your favorite sports and events right at your fingertips. Download the ProLine app and bet in app with ProLine Plus today or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more. That's right. We're going to be joined shortly by Danny Briere. He was installed as the Flyers interim GM on March 10th when they made the decision to fly fire general manager Chuck Fletcher. He wrapped up a 16-year NHL career in 2015 with the Colorado Avalanche, registering almost 700 points in just under 1,000 National Hockey League games. He was a tremendous playoff player. As you might remember, he led the playoffs in scoring in 2010 as the Flyers advanced to their first Stanley Cup final in a while. And fun little fact here, Danny Breer also led the playoffs in goal scoring with eight in 2012, despite the Flyers only playing 11 games and making it to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, Danny Breer, since retiring in 2015, has held a variety of roles inside the Flyers front office, 
including president of hockey operations and essentially general manager of the ECHL's main Mariners, building out a franchise and a roster. And he has spent the last couple seasons under Chuck Fletcher as a special advisor to the GM, getting his feet wet in the hockey operations department. He is a student of the game. He was also a finalist for the Montreal Canadiens general manager job that ended up going to Kent Hughes. Let's dive in with Danny Breer. Danny Breer, you've had a couple weeks to get your feet wet as the interim GM of the Philadelphia Flyers. What have the last few weeks been like? <laughs> been a whirlwind, that's for sure. Um, it's been exciting, but at the same time, yeah, it's uh, coming into it. Um, you know, the day after being uh, um, promoted, I, uh, I had to fly to Florida for the GM meeting, break the ice there with all these guys. It was really cool, but uh, I didn't have the chance to... Uh, to get back to too many people and my friends that were trying to reach out. So um, it, it's been a little crazy. We've been on the road now uh, the last two or three days or maybe four or five days. So uh, give me a chance to uh, collect my thoughts a little bit and, and take, uh, take your little breather. So you arrive at the forefront here as interim GM really at a critical point. I'm a lifelong Philadelphian. I've been following this team forever and I've never really seen it get to a place like this. Um, the fan base has been fired up. It's been a mix of apathy and anger, which is a, a tough place to be in. But you've also seen this market at its absolute best. 2010 was unbelievable. And to see the passion around the team and the fan base, what kind of emotion does that leave you with right now? Is it excitement about, you know, the possibilities to get back to that point? you know, what, it, maybe some feelings on where things are at right now and, and sort of, you know, the tough road that's ahead in the next little while. How, what do you feel as you're in this spot? Well, well, for, first of all, regarding the fans, you know, the fans know what's going on. They understand the game and, and, and they want a better product. Um, and that's, that's the next part is uh, the excitement and the hope um, that we're going to try to, uh, to turn into reality um, in, in the next few years. Now, the players will decide how quick that happens, but there's there's no doubt in my mind that we need to do this the right way. Um, it, it might might be a long road, but it's going to be done the right way, not cutting corners. Um, you know, I, I made it clear that was, uh, that was my vision. Um, and you look already at uh, some of the younger players, the way they've been playing in the second half of the season, especially, um, you know, that, that, looks good for the future. It brings a lot of hope for the future and what uh, we have a chance to build. So I, I would say there's lots of excitement about that. So when you say the right way, I think a lot of people, the first sort of thing that they think of is that kind of sounds like it might be a little while. And I think the fan base in some ways is actually ready for that too, knowing that to do this properly, instead of trying to patch things over and, and sneak back into the playoffs, that it might be a process. There's been some sort of back and forth, you know, what's the proper terminology, you know, people get stuck on our words, rebuild, retool, whatever that might look like. In your mind, how do you define it? What is it? Well, I, I see a rebuild is needed here. That's, that's my own thought. Um, that's what, um, you know, if I, if I get the, the, the GM interim tag removed, that's going to be my, uh, my plan of action. Now, I've said it before, uh, rebuild doesn't mean you're, you're tra trading away everybody and you're getting rid of everybody. There's a lot of good pieces, a lot of good young players. 
Um, and you also need to surround them with the with with good veteran leadership. So we have to be smart the way we're uh, you go about this. Um, but there's a lot of pieces in place. But we we need to be patient. We we need to let them grow. And you know, again, we have you know um, a, a great piece in Cutter Gauthier on, on his way. Um, unfortunately, with the season that we've had, it's it's been tough going through it. But on the fortunate side, is we're going to get. Um, a pretty high pick again this year. And, you know, hopefully that pick is um, going to be part of that base uh, moving forward, but it's going to take a little while for, for that player along with cutter to, uh, to become the best players they can be. So we don't want to rush things. And, and that's going to be probably the, the toughest thing uh, at times for, for people to understand is, uh, you know, to be patient with those guys and let them grow at their, at their pace. Yeah, this this fan base isn't used to that. You look over the course of the last 50 plus years, they've been competitive almost every year. There's a, a couple windows in franchise history in which they haven't. Um, is there a timeline for you? Like what is a realistic expectation for the Flyers to get to where you envision they can? Yeah, I, I wish I could give you a, a number, a number of years or months that it's going to take, but the players will dictate that. Um you know, the players we draft will di dictate that. So it, it's too early at this point, I think, to say it's going to be, you know, a certain amount of years. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It also depends how our, our guys are going to develop. And, and there's a lot of uncertainty around uh, around the team with injuries and what's going to happen in the future. So uh, I think it's too early to, to put a timeline on it. Okay, so let's talk about your path to this point. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the process and, and certainly you'll have to interview and go through that. Um, what do you think, what makes you feel prepared for this opportunity? Well, I, I, I've been, it, it's not like I, I jumped into this and never thought about, a, you know, a plan or what I would do if I was GM. I, you know, even as a player, I was always kind of studying what was going on and what teams were doing to to improve and to get better. So, um, you know, I've always paid close, atten close attention to it. Uh, you mentioned, you know, in the Flyers, I was part of a, a, a pretty good uh, or a pretty fast uh, retool when I joined the, the Flyers. But at that time, you were able to uh, to sign, you know, high end free agents. Um, and, you know, so it's a little different than, than the situation we're in today. But I've been paying attention to for a lot of years. Um, you know, I, I know it doesn't compare, but I was able to to work with a team in the ECHL and kind of learn how to integrate everybody, how to communicate to your people, and make them make them feel part of it. And that's what I plan to do uh, with this team: include people, have communication, work as a team to uh, um, to turn this franchise around, basically. And how do you envision that meshing potentially with a president of hockey operations? Like, I think in theory, the idea of it, you know, is, is always interesting. Someone that can take stuff off of the GM's plate. But does it get interesting as you've studied sort of the different, um, you know, paths that organizations have taken um, that sometimes, you know, one person needs to have the final say? How does that work, that relationship between GM and president of hockey ops? Yeah, well, I, you know, I pride myself on communication and working with people. So I'm, I'm not afraid of it. Um, I, I welcome it. I'm actually excited that um, there'll be uh, another, um, you know, hockey person or uh, helping me out, uh, you know, in, in this role. So um, I'm, I'm not worried about that at all. I'm, I'm actually excited about it. 
Do you have any sense uh, of when the timeline is going to happen in terms of the hiring process? I, I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew. I No, not at this point. Um, you know, I, I would expect things to start moving along a little bit more after the season is over. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm kind of focusing on uh, what to do here, finish the season, evaluate all the players, be there for, for the coach and all our staff and throughout the organization. That's kind of what I'm focusing on. I'm not sure exactly when uh, the next step will be taken. So as you've gone through that evaluation process and you, you know, are in a little bit of a different role than you were used to when you were still around the team a bit, has anything surprised you? Has anything been different than you thought it might be? Not much. Um, you know, and the good thing is I, I've been around this organization forever. I've been uh, around really close to this organization for the last couple of years. I know uh, the staff really well. I got to know the players pretty well. Um, the last uh, in the last week, I've had the chance to watch a couple of games upstairs with uh, with our coach. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been great information, getting to know uh, the players a little better, the approach uh, with the players to try to understand exactly what was going on. Um, so th- that's been that's been great. I, I wouldn't say there's been a huge surprise to this point. So it's really interesting. That was I was going to ask about what it's been like watching games with John Tortorella. But first, let me start. What's your relationship with him like? And did you know him prior to him uh, joining the Flyers? Well, I've known John for a long, long time. He was an assistant coach when I started my career in uh, in Phoenix with the Coyotes uh, way back then in the late 90s. So I've known him a long time. Um, our, our relationship is great. Um, I was part of the hiring process last summer. Um, he was definitely at the top of my list. He was he was the person that I thought was the right fit at the right time uh, for the Flyers. And it's funny because there were so many good coaches last summer available. Um, you know, and, and and there might be some better coaches than, than John Tortorella, but there was no better uh, option at that time for what we needed. And that's what, and, and I think he showed it this year, what he's been able to do with, uh, with our guys, especially our younger players. Uh, I've been really, really impressed with him. So we definitely made the right decision there, I feel. And, um, you know, I still feel that way about him moving forward. Yeah, it feels like he's squeezed every ounce out of his teams that he's had. Um, when you get a chance to sit next to him, you know, it's funny, they they show you guys during the games occasionally, and my buddies will text me and they'll say, hey, is is this Torts trying to become the the next president? I'm like, no, no, he's he's good coaching. But when, when you get that type of insight, you know, what – without giving us specifics like what are those conversations like is he telling you is it is it more you know sort of on ice focus is it more personality focused like when you see different reactions of players is he telling you what the vibe is like what what's that whole process been like well well first of all um john still has the fire he wants to coach he's fiery he's behind the bench he hates losing um you know, and if people were looking at us to tank, you definitely have the wrong coach there if you want to tank. He doesn't believe in that. It's hockey karma. So, uh, you know, and, and I agree with him, too. We we didn't want to tank. We want our, we want our players to keep improving um, and keep playing hard. So that's the first thing. And then sitting with him during the games, it's a little bit of everything you mentioned. It's getting to understand what, what he looks at uh, during games, what's important to him. Uh, we all have our own point uh, points of view on on how players should play, but I wanted to understand a little bit more what uh, what makes him tick. What does he look at when he evaluates players, so I can understand a little better. And um, he's given me some great insights on uh, on how the players are um, reacting to to 
uh, certain things that are happening sometimes during the game, sometimes before the game. So there's, it's been a lot of good information. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So he's been saying repeatedly this season that this is sort of a learning year. He had to do a lot of investigating to find out essentially what the Flyers have without speaking for him. What what have you gotten from him in terms of a sense of what he thinks you have right now? Um, I, I think John, and, and you can ask him, but I think he's excited about the future. He's excited about um, you know, the play of, of a lot of the guys, uh, how they, they were able to answer. Because we, we all know John will, will challenge his players. Um, he wants to get the most out of them. Um, and, and sometimes it goes one way for some players. Sometimes it goes the wrong way for others. Uh, but if you look at how you know, this team coming in and the expectations that were, that were in place, Um, it's been exciting to see how um, you know, some of the players have reacted. And, and I don't want to get into names at this point, but um, it's been, it's really exciting for the future, especially some of the young guys that we didn't know how they would react and really taken a next step in, in their development. Yeah. And, and that's always exciting is it, without naming names, is it fair to say though, that as you go through that experiment process, that there also is just some players who won't be a fit moving forward. Yeah, I mean, that's the case everywhere. But yeah, there's there's some players that um, just maybe don't fit what we're trying to build, um, you know. And also might having, not fit your timeline. Sorry, what? Also might not fit your timeline in the sense of where Correct. their career is going. Correct. Yeah, that and that's that's another exactly. So there, there's players that just don't fit maybe what um, what John um, is looking for and, and what, what he believes he can build around. Uh, but there's some players, yeah, maybe they, they won't fit in the timeline and they're still good players. So those are going to be, you know, some tough decisions to make after the season. So based on um, your, your conversations, your relationship with him, um, is it fair to view, like if we're using hypotheticals and I don't want to assume that you're getting the job, but whoever is in the GM role next for the Flyers, that between you know, GM, president of hockey ops and head coach and John Tortorella that Torts will have a big seat at the table. Oh, definitely. I, I can promise you that much. If I'm around, 
um, yes, John will, will be heavily involved and, and probably even if I'm not around, um, he's been a tremendous help. And, and again, it goes back to what he's done this year. I think he's the perfect person at the right time for what we need. So it's, uh, I've been really impressed with him. I've been impressed with the players, how they fought through in a tough season. Um, you know, they, they never quit. They're always in the games. Uh, we, we saw it lately. There's a game in Ottawa where we totally got outplayed and all of a sudden, boom, we're, we're tied 4-4 at the end of the game with them. So I've been really proud how the, the players also did quit and keep playing hard. Mm-hmm. So let's talk broad strokes about um, where the game is heading and your vision of what it might look like. Um, where, like, the game has gotten so much faster. The skill is is at a level that it's never been before you know, even in the last five to eight years, it's changed. Um, where is it heading next, in your opinion? And and how do the Flyers, you know, how do you start to weave that into what the Flyers are building? Yeah, I, I remember sitting on the bench in the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs and, and taking a seat back a little bit and uh, just watching the game. And I couldn't believe how fast uh, the game was being played. And I look back now and I look at those games and they look so slow compared mm. to the the speed the players are playing at um, in, in today's game. So um, I don't know how much faster, but we used to say that too back then in 2010. We don't know how fast, much faster the game can get, but somehow they they do. Um, I, I think one of the biggest difference now is the fact that you know guys can play at such a pass that fast pace and also make plays at at this pace. I think Connor McDavid kind of changed that. Um, everybody was just amazed and, you know, his hands were just as fat, fast as his feet and, and how he was thinking the game. And, and more and more, you're starting to see that from, from players. So it's, it's been really impressive. Um, I think it's great for the game. Um, sometimes injuries, there's a little bit more injuries because of it, because it's so fast, but the, the athletes are adapting. Um, and, and I expect the, the offensive side of the games to just keep getting better and better. So it's exciting for the fans as well. So you were a highly skilled offensive player. Do you, at the same time as you're building out a team and an organization, should there be an added emphasis on defense in the sense that at some point it has to go the other way, that teams will place more of an emphasis on defending? Do you buy into that? Well, you look at the history of the NHL, there's there's always, um, you know, teams that adapt better uh, in, in certain circumstances. circumstances, And uh, I think you're going to see that lately. Uh, the offensive teams have, have taken a step, but I wouldn't be surprised eventually if um, you know coaches find a way to adapt to, to the new style of play. So um, I expect that at some point to happen, yes. Where will you have a key focus on in terms of structuring an organization if you're in charge? A lot of people, you know, depends on the sort of flavor of the day. You know, some people focus on analytics and numbers. Some people focus on uh, development and and really making sure and, and how do you measure development and what's the best way to go through the draft process, scouting, whatever it might be. Is there an area that you think the Flyers can significantly improve in? Um, I, I'd rather not give my secrets away. Um, but yeah, Fair. I mean, you know, the the good part is uh, I'm not coming from the outside. I, I've been on the inside for a lot of years. I, I think I, I have a pretty good grasp on, on what's going on, on where we can improve, where we, uh, we can be better. Um, you know, but I think it's too early to kind of divulge that. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever will, but um, I, I see things, I see uh, different areas that where we need to improve on and that'll 
will definitely be the focus when, uh, you know, after the season. Okay. Danny, really appreciate your time. I want to leave you with this. Um, if you are the guy that's in charge next, is there a short-term goal that you have in mind? Like what could fans expect in the near term for the Philadelphia Flyers? Well, <laughs> it goes back to the rebuild. Um, you know, in, in the near term, it's probably going to be um, some some tough decision. It's going to be some restructuring uh, of the organization, the focus on, on certain departments that we, we want to fix. Um, so that'll be the, the near short term. And then, you know, I, I was very honest from the beginning. It, it might be another tough year next year. Um, but again, it goes back to doing it the right way and um, given a chance for our young players to develop at, at their pace. Danny, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on your success and best of luck in the interview process with the Flyers. Thank you, Frank. Any time spent with Danny Briere is time well spent. Uh, spent a lot of time and got to know him pretty well as he played for the Flyers. As I broke into the business as a young reporter, he was always a valuable resource to talk to. Had such a good feel for the game. And as you got a sense of not just of what was happening inside the Flyers locker room, but around the league. Had played in a number of different spots. Had to sort of grind to get to the place that he was with his game being a smaller player and has a really good sense of where the NHL is heading. I know he wouldn't divulge some secrets, but I'd love to know what he thinks, uh, where the Flyers can improve, because uh, certainly some change needed in terms of how they've structured things, how they've gone about their business. It's going to be a fascinating offseason for the Flyers as they look to get back into the NHL's competitive race, but it's going to be a while, and that's okay. Flyers fans are ready for that. I think, um, and certainly having someone like Danny Briere in place who has the passion, the competitive fire that burns, not unlike John Tortorella, I think he could certainly be the guy that gets the Flyers to where they ultimately want to get to. Thanks again to our friends at ProLine Plus for presenting today's edition of Frankly Speaking. ProLine Plus, not just another sports book, it's the only sports book that gives 100% of its profits back to Ontario. ProLine has been your local trusted sports book for over 30 years, now offering Ontario sports fans more ways to play in store, online, or take the game on the go at the ProLine app with your favorite sports and events right at your fingertips. Download the ProLine app and bet in app with ProLine Plus today, or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more. 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.